0: Hi, it's Vanessa from The Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch.
1: We'll have more music for you with the chills coming up uh, soon. Right now, though, it's time to turn our attention to civic matters. I have online Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate. I appreciate your time this morning in worship. Thanks for joining us. Uh, What a difficult morning in terms of uh, international news The uh, stories coming out of Kabul at the moment are pretty shocking and uh, kind of rocked me a wee bit when I woke up and saw that news this morning
0: Yes, like you, I was just sitting in front of uh, the morning news looking at that and thinking this can't end well for many, many people not only Americans and other people stranded there but all the uh, women and children that are trying to leave Uh, You know, it just doesn't look good
1: when you consider all oh, we're having to deal with is a little bit of lockdown trauma, that's uh, it's nothing.
0: Yeah, and on that, you know, look, we may feel sorry for ourselves. We are going through a bit of a challenge at the moment, but if everything, as you say, is relative, um, and we've got every chance of kicking this lockdown and getting back into a freer life.
1: What's your take on it so far with regard to uh, Hamilton in particular um, and our response to uh, the challenges this time? I, I was talking to... Um, Jason Dawson yesterday and uh, mentioned that we, we seem to learn a lot out of the first level four experience and and found out just how nimble we can be. And it seems like we're putting that to effect in a far more sort of calm way this this time around. Do you feel that?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Well, uncertainty is always the biggest driver of anxiety in a community, and of course we've been through this before. Even though Delta is far more virulent and contagious than and the previous form of COVID. But we, we generally have structures in place. We have social support structures in place. Council's rolling along, doing its work. Lots of other businesses that can operate in level four know what they're doing. They're onto it straight away. And I look forward to, of course, when we get back down to our lower level that other businesses will be able to join that and start operating in the ways that they did. Um, you know, the only, the only concern I have, I mean, you can see how fast it has spread in Auckland is that people remain a little bit complacent sometimes uh, with their social distancing, wearing their mask. Um, I don't know how good people are being with scanning the app, but I'd like to think that they're doing that everywhere they go. But, of course, we've had these issues with playgrounds where we put up tape to tell everybody that playgrounds are closed and then um, uh, you just see that people either rip them down or duck under the tape and play behind them. You know, and yeah, uh, too uh, often people
1: seem to. Th- th- hmm? Sorry, just going to say, too often people seem to think, oh, that that doesn't apply to me.
0: Yes, well, I'll only be one person, but look, I remind people every day it's just one we're one person away from a COVID in Hamilton and it's not that's not a blaming statement, and I'm certainly not blaming that poor gentleman in Devonport because, as soon as he was unwell, he acted straight away, but. um I have to say, that shows that only one, that one person can be the difference between having a community that's COVID-less and having a community that spreads covid
1: True, and, and it made me a little bit nervous to think that Auckland is a place that a lot of Hamiltonians uh, go to and from so easily. Yes. When the cases yes. started to mount in Auckland, I thought, gosh, we, we can't be far behind that. There's bound to be some oh. cases in our area.
0: And, of course, I was horrified to read that some some people rather than queuing at a testing centre in Auckland would drive down were actually told and on a couple of occasions drove down to Hamilton to Auckland's testing centre. Thankfully that's on hold now because the um, barriers coming out of Auckland are much uh,
1: tougher. Looking uh, uh, forward from that, and I just want to stay on COVID for a minute, uh, if we come down to level three, how Confident are you that we have um, the infrastructure from a, a, a social um, responsibility point of view and, and from a civic level uh, that we have the kind of infrastructure that's necessary to support people who need it in our, uh, in our city?
0: Oh, I, I think we very much do. The last time we were able to establish a number of key um, facilitating organisations like Head Help You through the Wise Group, which um, city council helped fund put that to fund that and put it together last time with them. And that's coordinating a lot of the social efforts. Uh we have uh indicated readiness to begin uh, meals uh at Claudland's to go out to the social agencies who deliver those meals. And we're just really waiting for their instructions uh and talking with the community sector every day just to find out where they're at and where the need is at. I think the biggest difficulty be, will be if level four hangs about for a very long time. I think in level three, as I say, there'll be some other businesses that get some freedoms to operate, because after all, this isn't just about the short term effect, the um, you know inconvenience of being locked down for the short term. It's actually about the medium and long term as well. You know, what happens to our businesses and um, and to employment, what happens to people if they can't keep their job? What happens if businesses can't open their doors? Those kind of things we've got to be mindful of too. So it's a short, medium and long-term perspective.
1: It is at least uh, encouraging people to take a, a more creative and more okay. considered view um, of their future and how they might operate from here on.
0: Absolutely. But I, I, but I do believe we learned, like you say, we learned awful lot about what worked. We we learned who needed and who got support elsewhere and were able to even slicker this time in how we roll out help I believe.
1: Now you've got quite a lot on the plate when uh, council is able to start meeting, even virtually, uh, and a number of uh, fairly weighty issues that you've got to work on. Um, yeah. I won't even touch on um, election next year and, and the new ward structure and the Maori seats <laughs> and so. But uh, a Maori ward, I should say. Uh, but first of all, one thing I wanted to uh, talk about with you is the um, the changes to the district plans that government is requiring of Auckland, Wellington, Hamilton. Tauranga and Christchurch encouraging you to build up and not out and this is I had saw a press release came out the other day signalling that Chartwell, Hamilton East five crossroads and the area north of the city around uh, Myira, Fitiora, and Beerscourt Court uh, are likely to be quite impacted by suggested changes to the district plan to meet those requirements from central government. Um, that is something that 's going to take some some time to to get right isn 't it because we the biggest danger I can see from this is that if we start building up and not out too much we're going to end up with a very um, sort of non-personal or or, or disconnected kind of feel to uh, what used to be neighborhoods
0: yes so to start off there those areas that you've and people have been asking a lot about the maps because their maps are quite global they've got just you know big blobs on them and no particular detail uh, those maps indicate areas that we need to look at because we think they will meet the government's criteria um, and therefore uh, enable much denser and higher housing to go in. Uh, we haven't done the final analysis, so that's that's us trying to indicate nice and early to all Hamiltonians that these are areas that are likely to intensify and... Um, so you know, and people, of course, they were looking inside those bubbles and going, "Is my street one of those?" And I can understand that because it's human nature. But at this stage, we don't really know which streets and which areas. The criteria means that you know uh, the government has, and the government have set these rules uh, through the national policy statement for urban development (NPSUD), and and that's for a reason. That's to really attack this housing crisis that we have, which Hamilton also has. True. So. So going back to those areas, yes, large parts of Hamilton could begin to um, grow into a different-looking kind of city. And back to your question, yes, we need to figure that out in detail for our district plan review, which we're undertaking now, so that we build communities, so that we build neighbourhoods, so that we build the type of housing that people want to live in, but build strong, connected communities with them.
1: That's hard to get right when you're, when you're looking at that kind of uh, structure, though, isn't it? Uh, w- can you give me a, a sense of the time frame that you've got to work on with this and, and, and what, um, what time we've got in terms of uh, a window for submissions from a... From a, a oh, for
0: the district plan, we're in the early stages of, of developing our district plan uh, and we haven't got a draft together for the community to uh, feed into yet. Uh, so there will be some full consultation, but we are going to roll out some general, general consultation. Just as you would have seen, we've been telling people about this in the general term. Now, there is some inter- interesting information on the website, so you can go and have a look there. But they won't find a great deal of detail, find a great deal of concept at this stage, As we start to work through the district plan, we'll talk with the community more and more uh, about the types of things that may go into the district plan. Those those relate to specific provisions for, oh, you know, one of the ones that people are concerned with is the um, not requiring a garage or or off-street parking. And so that's one area that we have to work through in a lot more detail than we have yet to understand how that looks. Because potentially, and I've seen comments on. My social media and others—that that's the thing that people worry about. Oh, I'm going to there'll be no places for cars. My visitors won't be able to come because the streets will all be clogged with um, cars for people who live in these duplexes or apartments.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: you know those, yes. Yeah, so those are the sort of things that we have to think about. How do we create if if those areas? And and look, to be honest, those those maps tell you that those areas are suitable for that type of development that does not mean that that type of development will go there because, you know, you have to have willing developers. And I think most, um, or developers who want to, to do those kind of developments, uh, I think most people would be quite happy thinking that the CBD, the, the centre of the town, could have some six-storey apartments and such in there with commercial on the bottom and, um, you know, affordable uh, housing on the top. Um, I don't think... Would have an issue with that. What people do have issues with is what's happening in their own backyard. If you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, you don't necessarily want to see six-story buildings uh, or six-plus-story buildings uh, in places like Chartwell, for example.
0: Yes, yes, and they're likely to happen around if they were, you know, and that and that depends on a lot of things. You know, the builders and developers still need the land to build on, um, but. For, It could happen opposite Westfield Plaza, you know, that's Charles Square. It could, that kind of thing around there. It could um, be, you could see a few duplexes that are higher than two-storey, not necessarily six-storey because that's not the right thing for everywhere. Popping up alongside parks and things like that where there's outdoor amenity for families. It's hard to say because, you know, we're kind of crystal ball gazing into the future. But what we're also trying to do is to give effect we have to legally do mm. the um, NPS urban development and so you know we're really fine combing our district plan to make sure that we are ready to give effect to the government's rules so there's a bit of time to go yet.
1: When do you have to report to government on that?
0: I'm not quite sure, well the, the NPS urban development is in place uh, and we've got a certain timeline to get our um, district plan reviewed to make sure that it's consistent. Effectively, and then with a national policy statement, it's in effect from the, the day one. You know, you have to start giving effect to it. So that means if somebody walks in to our office next week and has an idea to put up a six-storey block of um, apartments alongside the West Town Belt in town, there'd be very little to stop that happening. So, um, I mean, nothing to stop that happening. Uh, So, um, yeah, but look, it, when we put this in context that uh, we have to figure out why this is happening and just in terms of, and it, and it is part of that major housing crisis, there's a huge housing crisis and I went to the affordable housing um, uh, summit in Auckland a while back and every mayor who spoke and every um, home uh, uh, home provider who spoke said the same thing And if I give, which is, we're not keeping up with demand and we're sort of going one step forward, two steps back in terms of being able to deal with our housing issues. And if you think of Hamilton, we're the least, we're the third least affordable housing market in New Zealand. That's behind Tauranga and Auckland. Our houses prices have gone up, uh, 39% since 2014 and rents have gone up 26% since 2014. And what's even sadder than that is that we have over 1,200 people living in uh, motels in our city, emergency housing. Many of them are single mothers and children. There are 552 children living in motels at this point in time. So really it is a crisis.
1: It is, and uh, you mentioned the word affordable there several times. That's the hard thing, isn't it? What is affordable? And, And that goalpost seems to shift an awful lot.
0: Well, it does shift a lot. There's very many ways of defining affordable, you know, rent to outgoings, um, median level of the house, price land to the the improvements on top and all kinds of things you could look at. Uh, so we're working through that whole debate ourselves. How are we going to define affordable? But also, if you consider what the median house price is now, which is where up near the, the 700000 that's not affordable to many people who... At the moment do not have suitable homes. Uh, so we are working really hard with other housing providers, including Kainga or Order, but not exclusively them, to, to explore, um, what's going on to get people out of that emergency housing. We're also exploring with developers what they, they're doing, what their big scale developments look like, and talking with them about inclusive, inclusive, uh, zoning. So that each really large housing area, uh, area developed would have to contribute 10% or whatever, to, whatever threshold is decided, into the market that is uh, at the at the agreed affordable end. Um, obviously, when you build dense buildings, you have a smaller footprint and you can get more dwellings on that space. And those dwellings can be rented or sold at a lower level, and that. One would That's hope. The way it is.
1: Mm. Thanks for your comments on that, Paula. That's an important issue and I'm pleased you touched on it. Uh, just
0: uh, look, I just want to say to Hamilton, before they weren't worried about it, don't worry at this point in time, we will be... Uh, you know, email us with your thoughts um, or jump on... Uh, a number of councillors have got posts up on their Facebook page. Jump on and tell us what you think. But we will be coming back to you many, many times on what's going on in this area.
1: Yeah, it's going to be one to watch. Uh, just, I've got to let you go, but uh, just before I let you go, uh, council will be uh, convening as soon as possible, in, in a virtual sense anyway, um, and welcoming, no doubt, uh, new councillor announced this week, uh, Mark Donovan, won the Hamilton East Award. Were you happy with the by-election? I know it was delayed by a week, unavoidably. Turnout was just under 21%. Is that a good enough indicator of, of, of how voters in that area are thinking?
0: Well, it is what it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, there was very low uh, voter engagement. Um, it picked up actually a little bit towards the end and having that extension because of COVID may have helped people to drag in a few more votes. What well, I will say I was really pleased with the number of people who were prepared and willing to put up their hand. That was, a, that was great. At the same time, that does, does, of course, split the vote quite a lot, the number of candidates. And so, um, all candidates, uh, had very low numbers of votes attached to them, including, including, of course, the top, top three candidates. They didn't, uh, there weren't thousands and thousands of votes for each person at all. But, you know, that is democracy, and I know better than everyone that you can win and lose on very small margins. I myself won on six, didn't I? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the system we do, that we deal with, and, you know, look, yes, I'm welcome Mark to the table. I'm sure he'll he's keen, and I'm sure he'll come up to speak quite quickly. And, not, you know, I've been talking with him and saying, oh, my goodness, how can we help you to get your head around some of the issues? Because he's basically being um, uh, plunged in right in the middle, so he hasn't had any kind of warm-up or chance to understand the rules. Uh, it'll be a bit of a head spin for a while, but we'll help him out as best There's can. a
1: lot to learn in 12 months, isn't there?
0: There is, and then it all starts again.
1: It all starts again, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your time this morning, Paula. Not it's been problem. really good to catch up with you. And, and uh, those you. are issues, uh, all of the things we talked about this morning are stuff, I want to continue sort of keeping a finger on as we move forward. But um, keep safe and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some good news you this do. afternoon. The Hamilton will come down to level three along with uh, much of the rest of the country and uh, we can look forward to uh, moving, moving forward. Yeah.
0: Fingers crossed, everyone. And look, um, please keep safe. Please keep... Um obeying the COVID rules, because that's what's going to
1: free us up quick, more quickly. Scan it, wear time. a mask, wash your hands. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for your you. time. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Paula Southgate the Hamilton Mayor, uh, taking some time out of her busy schedule to uh, catch us up on a few things. Appreciate that. Ten and a half to nine now. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this
0: podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts.